I'm Kelly. And welcome to the Millennial Minimalist. Hi, everyone. This is Kelly, and today I am sharing my guest appearance on the Feel Free podcast. Co-hosts Rihanna Weaver and Alyssa Lansdale are two women and divorcees with zero regrets who work to inspire their listeners to thrive through divorce and other major life transitions. They welcome all listeners, men and women, divorced, separated, in a relationship, single, or just curious. Rihanna and Alyssa are super fun, and together we talk about how a minimalist lifestyle is the perfect reset for anyone going through a life transition, including divorce. And I share my simple living lessons, including how to manage physical clutter, steps on how to remove emotional noise, how to be more mindful about the relationships in your life, and how to use your technologies with greater intention and more. Be inspired to see minimalism as an opportunity to start fresh, grow, and design a simpler, more intentional life. On average, I buy one to two clothing items a year. Oh my gosh. Teach me your ways. Yeah. Me too. A lot of us, we wear these masks in life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's the relationships in our lives that maybe made us hold on to those masks even longer. What's great about this lifestyle is it helps you make the space for the relationships in your life that are most important, but it also makes you realize the relationships that aren't serving you or maybe decluttering your, your mental space. Welcome, I'm Rihanna. And I'm Alyssa. And this is the Feel Free Podcast, a place to thrive through divorce. We welcome everyone in, men, women, divorced, separated, single, or just curious. We're two divorced women who saw a real need to build a community for people like us, to create a safe space to heal, learn, and live our best lives. We believe that growth and healing happen when we speak our truth. And you'll always get that from us, but every story is different. We're here to listen as much as talk. We'll learn from guests, experts, and you. Our guest today needs minimal introduction because, well, she prefers it that way. Kelly Foss is all about the simple life. In fact, she's devoted much of her life to helping others design a simpler, more intentional life. Doesn't that sound nice? And that includes the Millennial Minimalist podcast that she produces and co-hosts with her friend, Lauren. There is no better time to embrace minimalist living than right when we're transitioning out of a marriage. So we are thrilled to have you here with us today, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. I'm so excited to speak with you ladies today. So are we. And I'm more excited that I said millennial minimalist without like tripping over my, how long did it take you to not trip over those words? It's a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah, it is. It definitely is a a tongue twister for sure. And you know, there are two ends in millennial and a lot of people forget the second N. So in the beginning, we used to remind people it's two ends if you're searching for (laughs) us. (laughs) <laughs> That's good to know. It's yeah. true. I'm, I may or may not have had help from spell check on that. I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on that. Yeah, yeah. And the best part is I have you, Alyssa. So now you'll do all the tough introductions <laughs> with the tongue twisters. <laughs> it makes it easier on me. Thank God for you. <laughs> you could just drop down from the sky now and uh, ask your questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Kelly, I we're so excited to have you because when you're going through divorce or a breakup or a change in your life, this is the perfect time to embrace this whole minimal minimalist lifestyle. So we're so excited to learn more from you. Can you explain to us a little bit more about what is the minimalist lifestyle? So a minimalist lifestyle is a simple and intentional way of life. 
And I recommend it for everybody. I recommend that everybody adopt this lifestyle because it's living by the things that matter most to you. It's really an incredible opportunity to clear the excess from your life so that you can focus on the things that matter most. And a lot of people think, oh, minimalism, they think of the things. And definitely things are a part of it. You can start with the physical things. Start by removing all the excess things in your home, uh, in your closet that maybe you don't wear or don't serve you anymore. But it's also the mental thoughts that don't serve you. And the digital clutter, something that we constantly forget about. We have so much digital clutter and there's so much noise around us every day. And we have this opportunity to manage the noise so that we live with greater intention. And again, I, I recommend like at this time, and I'm so excited to talk with you too, because you guys are both going through these life transitions. And it was a transition in my life that influenced me to adopt this lifestyle. My best friend, Lauren, um, has always lived simply. Uh, she's the co-host of our podcast. And so we call her the innate minimalist because she she's always lived with less and she's always created the space or, or made the time to focus on the relationships in her life, to write down her thoughts, all the things, all the self-care that I think a lot of us forget about. Um, you know, I was, yeah. I was in a point in my life where I was in a relationship that had just ended and I was, uh, I just left my career and I was, this is spring in 2018. And I was, I was at the point where I was like, I need to find greater meaning and fulfillment in my life. And I think that is something that a lot of us are striving for, searching for. And, and through minimalism, it's this lifestyle that really helped me gain that clarity. It sounds so intriguing. That. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for those of us who, anybody who's <laughs> gone to a hotel, by the way, for, you know, travel for, for back in the day when we used to travel to hotels, you get a better sleep generally, right? You just, you're not around that clutter, that stuff. So that appeals to me. And we'll talk more about that. But I like what you said about the emotional clearing of the decks. So that's intriguing, but I'm sure people are wondering, how do you do that? How do you begin to get rid of all of this emotional stuff that's weighing you down. You know, yeah. if I can just add something in that too, too, because it's, it is, it's like the emotional stuff, but it's, how do you know too, because you're going through such a big transition in your life, going through a divorce or a big breakup that, you know, your clothes or your furniture have so much meaning to you and, and vibration and energy to you. So how I remember even getting rid of a whole bunch of clothes and then just crying for hours <laughs> because the energy felt so foreign. Ah, that's interesting. Wow, that's really interesting. Now, when you were decluttering those items, I mean, this is this is a big part of it. I mean, going through your things. And I know it's also hard because a lot of those things were shared, right, at one point. And so there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of memories attached to things. And so I think it's important to challenge yourself to go through those things. But I also find it interesting that you found it, you found that you had poured out your emotions while you were decluttering those clothing items. Is that the case? Yeah, it was almost felt like this new, so so my energy was a certain way when I was married or, you know, in a, in a certain situation. And then I'm cluttering out all this, like getting rid of all this old 
stuff that didn't serve me anymore. And then this new person is coming, but that was part of my old life. I, I'm trying to explain this in a way. It was part of my old life. Right. And then this new butterfly was coming in. And then the old life was the morning. It was almost like these clothes or this furniture, it held so much energy of experience that I had in the past. Right. So it was so emotional. Right. It can definitely be an emotional process. And we've also covered emotional minimalism. Like again, there are five pieces to this lifestyle. It's physical, mental, emotional, digital, and spiritual. Emotional clutter is something that I would say really interests people from my experience of talking about minimalism and sharing my own experiences. Majority of questions we get are either about how to remove the physical things from their lives or how to manage or remove the emotional clutter. But one thing I can tell you is that there are immediate benefits of decluttering, especially in a transition, because it challenges you to let go of those memories that don't serve you anymore. And some of the immediate benefits of decluttering is a sense of space, new clarity, there's less distraction around you. And with less distraction, you'll be able to make more time for self-reflection and I think that's really important because you're moving from a shared life to an individual life. And really, I would I would I highly recommend this lifestyle for people who are going through a divorce because it's the, an opportunity to start fresh and get clear on your goals. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a perfect time. And I like what you're saying because it really does, it, you can read into it quite literally. You're making space for whatever it is that comes next, right? And if you've got all kinds of crap in the physical world, that can really weigh you down and not leave the space for whatever new activity, uh, hobby, people even in your life um, that that you want to invite in. And so moving forward, that's always good. But I'm really intrigued by this idea of the tech techie decluttering the digital decluttering how, how do you recommend just getting rid of all your old texts from that person like just wiping them off your phone absolutely yeah. uh, again if these memories are no longer serving you i highly recommend it that being said i wouldn't all of a sudden take all these images of myself and my ex-boyfriend for example and and remove them from my life i think there's something to say about yeah. you know it was a past experience of yours and you shouldn't have to throw those away. And I'm sure there's elements of those that do bring good memories to you. If they don't, then obviously get rid of them. But I if agree. they do, yeah. you should keep them. And they may be a part, you, you both have children. It's also a family shared experience as well. Yes. So also be mindful of that as well. How do you decipher? So there's moments where um, you take your like, you know, fiery or maybe a little bit of an angry emotion or something like that. And you're like, screw it, delete, you know, and yeah. then I've even regretted deleting somebody's phone ever because now I'm like, seriously, <laughs> that could have been a fun person to hang out with. But then <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just yeah. kidding. But no, but it's true. But so I did it in like a moment of fear. Or I did it in a moment of anger. So how do you get yourself in the right mind space to be able to make the right judgment of what you need to delete and when you should delete it and whatnot. Okay. So I think it starts with how to begin to part with, you know, your set sentimental memories and, and, and the clutter that you have emotionally. And I said, there are five steps that I recommend and I'll start with these because I think they'll be very helpful. So the first thing I recommend is to start journaling. Write down your feelings, write down the things that are cluttering your mind. This is actually something that I do every single day just to declutter my thoughts. 
Even if it takes five minutes, I highly recommend creating a habit to jot down your emotions on a regular basis so that you can make sense of them. You know, it can even just, yeah. it can even just be a weekly check-in. It doesn't need to be every day, but it's a way to see your feelings and work through them. And I know it can be hard to see them as well. So the second thing I recommend is to give yourself space to release these emotions. So go outside and in nature and uh, something I had read in the past is, you know, when you declutter your physical things, you go to a store to donate them. Why not do the same things with your emotions? Take your emotions somewhere else and then decide Ooh. what to do with them. Right. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Love give, that. give it to the love. trees man. give your emotions to the trees. It's yeah, true. I, I that. love that. There's nothing more grounding than that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then replace Replace your bad habits with positive habits. You know, if, if you're smoking and you're drinking, replace them with the gym and writing. I know it's easy to say, but this lifestyle requires challenging yourself and dispose of emotional clutter. Like, as you guys said, it's, it's a great feeling when you can just write down your, write down those thoughts that aren't serving you. And you can literally crush up that piece of paper, rip it apart and throw it away. Sometimes those actions can be very helpful. Yeah, I've done it. It works. And what I like about what you're saying is, and I really think this will appeal to people in any kind of emotional state, is you are offering tangible steps. And do you find that your clients really like that? Like, just to, just give me step one, step two, and step three, and I'll do it. Because that's the whole problem with the what do we call it? The maximal life, <laughs> maximalist life, you know, is we're so overwhelmed by everything around us, whether that's digital or emotional or physical, that it's mm -hmm. hard for us to know where to start. So is that where you come in and say, okay, I'm going to break it down. I'm going to chunk it up. Yes. So I start by category. So if they want to focus on the fit, removing the physical things, we'll start there. Most questions are about the physical or the emotional, which kind of intersects with the mental. And, and something that I also want to mention is uh, you, you mentioned decluttering your physical things, those things that aren't serving mm. you. You should think about donating those things. Donate yeah. them just like you would donate your clothes, right? Because they can serve a purpose yeah. for someone else. Mm -hmm. We've interviewed a lady in the past. like She, she said that by donating and get, getting rid of your things that maybe you don't use or love anymore, you actually get this helper's high. You know, it's... Yeah. it's feeling of great happiness by giving to another, but at the same time, you're benefiting. So it's great. Well, it, it, it does give me great joy. That's one of my biggest things is I'm like, you want it, take it. Like if I'm done with it, I say to a lot of my friends, I'm like, you want, have it. And I've given away like clothes that are expensive that I paid, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't serve me anymore. So I'm like, you enjoy it because it's going to bring you great joy now. And that brings me joy because I know that they're, they're happy. Exactly. Exactly. Something that Lauren and I love to say is, and it's a, it's a, it's a helpful line. It's if you use it, keep it. If you love it, keep it, eliminate the rest. Yeah. So, so how do you, that's amazing, but how do you, so you're like, oh my God, I spent $300 on this dress. It, you know, is expensive and kind of get that mumbo jumbo out of your head. Like how do you come across those obstacles and then make that decision clearly. Yep. So I just, I would, let's say I'm speaking to you about this. Let's say you have this dress and you own this dress and you're looking at it. There's obviously something about it that made you think maybe I should get rid of this. Is that correct? Yes. So I would challenge you. I would challenge you to ask yourself questions such as how often do I wear this? 
Do I still love this piece? Is it a timeless piece? One thing about this lifestyle that people don't realize is that, and one of the misconceptions is that minimalist value owning like five pieces, five to 10 pieces, that's not the case, or they wear the same thing every day. Actually, we value smaller, high quality wardrobes so that you end up, you end up keeping pieces that last over years and years. So you're living more sustainably and you're also wearing your favorite pieces. So you get to wear your favorite clothes and you always feel fresh because you're, you're wearing your favorite outfits on rotation. Yeah, that's very appealing, yeah. isn't it? And environmentally friendly. <laughs> totally. I feel like sometimes with the world of like Instagram and all the social media and then everyone being always in different items and buying things just to post right. and whatnot, it gets in the way. It gets in the way. So I still want to like dive a little bit deeper into how do you like, so you're seeing all these people on Instagram. You're like, I want to look that good. I don't want to post the same outfit all the time. And that's so surfacey. And I, but it comes across like in people's minds all the time. So, so what would I do in that? What would you tell me in that situation? Yeah. Oh, this is fun. One thing I can tell you is that I used to, my favorite store is Aritzia. I used to go in that store and feel extremely overwhelmed. Now I go in that store and rarely see anything I need. And on average, I buy one to two clothing items a year. Oh my gosh. Teach me your ways. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so the goal is to buy timeless pieces that you can mix and match. So Lauren and I really focus on neutrals. And you can also have multiple style personalities as well. Like Lauren is more... She's more, she has like an elegant style, very feminine. Uh, I have a more sporty style. Uh, we both have a professional style as well. So you can have multiple personalities, but something that really, really helped us get down to those quality pieces is Courtney Carver's Project 333. Courtney Carver is a major thought leader in the space. She has a book called Project 333. Uh, she was mentioned by Oprah. Basically, the concept is it challenges you to wear 33 items for three months. And this includes shoes and outerwear. So 33 items. So you challenge yourself to, to limit your closet to 33 items. And for the other items, what you would do is you would just store them for the time being just to, just to challenge yourself. And this actually excludes underwear, sleepwear, loungewear, and workout clothing yeah. as long as you work out in <laughs> <laughs> you when no wearing lululemons to the store that's not that's not good you can you can i think i, I think feel better COVID, that way. yeah i think with yeah. covid now uh that's definitely changed i think people are getting really interested in the more relaxed uh lounge wear these days but yeah it's definitely a challenge that really helped me in the beginning and now i have this capsule wardrobe that's quite small and Something something that this lifestyle does to you mentally is it makes you realize that you don't need much, which is such a wonderful thing. Uh, you end up buying less, so then you use less, and then you end up realizing that you need less. And I love having like this monochrome closet. Yes, you can still have beautiful, bright colors. It depends on your personality, right? The minimalist lifestyle doesn't isn't just one dimensional. If you like bright colors and patterns, you can do so. We don't highly recommend it because it's harder to maintain a smaller size wardrobe if you have a lot of pattern, but it's something that Lauren and I have been able to, to manage, which is great. 
Yeah, I what I'm hearing. I'm actually from, sitting in my closet. Oh, go yeah, on. Go we're Alyssa. both sitting in our closet. I was. I had the same thought, Rihanna. <laughs> if you I know. Well, saw. If you saw. I'm like sitting in my closet, and you only saw you, Kelly. You would be appalled. You'd be like this girl. <laughs> she got rid of her clothes and did all Marie Kondo. But like, if you saw this, you would be so disappointed in me. <laughs> and yeah. I'll call you. Wait, I'll call you on a Friday night and be like, I have nothing to wear on this uh. date help me or out with my friends. So this, and you would be like, really? So this is the thing. That's what Lauren says. Uh, my co-host, she says, and she's, she's a master when it comes to the physical things. Her place is immaculate. Her closet is just the most beautiful capsule wardrobe you've ever seen. She says that this lifestyle helps us refine our closets. And I, it, it's so true. It, it also helps us refine our style huh. by going through your pieces. And, you know, having three bins in the decluttering process, you know, those that you're selling, those that you're recycling, those that you're donating, and then those that you're keeping, you learn about, oh, yeah, I like this piece. I, I'm going to wear this piece. I use this piece. You learn what your style personality is. And then once you get to those final core pieces, it's so much easier to make outfits every day. Something that Lauren does is she actually... In each season, she has she puts together a capsule wardrobe. So she has, I know you might you might laugh at this, but it's pretty amazing. She has 12, 12 outfits that she puts yeah. on rotation. It works for her. I don't I don't personally do that. I do the Courtney Carver method of thirty three items mm -hmm. around that number, and it's with thirty three items, it's very easy to choose what I'm going to wear every day. Again, I. I'm 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 a very ambitious woman and I I know that there are a lot, a lot of listeners of your podcast who are probably in the same position as me that we don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about what we're going to wear every day especially mm -hmm. when you know we're going out to a, like for a beautiful evening we want to get dressed up and we're confused on what to wear but what I'm I'm really interested in is that do you want it versus do you need it? And I think that's really a key concept in minimalism, isn't it? Like, do I need it? And then why? Why do I need it? Yes. So when you're shopping, it's so helpful to put in your notes in your phone. Will I wear this? Do I need this? Do I already own something similar? Oh, I remember in the beginning. I love that. In the beginning, I had... I had sent Lauren a message. I said, hey, check out this beautiful black sweater. And we're best friends. We see each other all the time. And she goes, oh, you own something just like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't need it. Uh, so that was oh, really, God. really helpful. I'm so, I'm so happy you're in my life now, Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I need you. I need you on text message. <laughs> something that's really helpful also is when you're shopping, think about the cost of storing. Yeah. For Lauren and I, we love the idea of a sense of space, a sense of space in our home, in our life. And so when we walk in our closets, it's very spacious and, you know, there isn't a lot of distraction. And I know it sounds a little bit weird, but it's like just another item that you're hanging up and that's taking space unless I'm wearing it or it serves. Yeah, if it serves a purpose, I don't really want to look at it every day. And mm -hmm. something that's really helped me is the bullet journal, but I can I can talk about that later. Or we could talk about it now. Yeah, perfect. Well, yeah, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, so one of the things that has really, really, really helped me maintain a minimalist lifestyle is the bullet journal. And the bullet journal is an analog system of tracking your daily tasks, your past accomplishments, and your future goals. 
So it's a daily journal that you fill out. It's a calendar as well. And I started using this and you can actually check it on, you check it, like look it up on YouTube and see a quick video on how to start bullet journaling, but it's quite simple. But when I started, I started writing down all my tasks and, you know, I left some space for journaling my thoughts down and it was quite messy. And as a perfectionist, I originally thought, oh gosh, this is going to be overwhelming. Like there's so much going on here. Like maybe I should just keep everything electronic. But then I quickly realized, wow, this five, 10 minutes I'm spending every Sunday to fill out what my to-dos are for the week. And, and, you know, it's holding me accountable for my future goals. This is great. It's so worth it. And in that moment, I'm like, wow, I'm actually disconnecting from my computer. But the greatest thing about the bullet journal is that it motivates you to make time for self-care, personal, your personal life. It, it challenges you to make time for exercise, for social with your friends, connecting your relationships in your life, as well as learning. It motivates you to make time to read and listen to podcasts. And that's the beauty of it for me anyways. And it's, it's really, really helped a lot of people. A lot of our listeners have also adopted the bullet journal method and it keeps me accountable. For me, it's created this sense of clarity. And in the beginning, it was messy. And the mess is great because in the mess, you can edit out the non-essential. Uh, Greg McEwen, the author of Essentialism, one of my favorite books of all time, he says, like, in this chaos, you can recognize what is most essential to you. And you also recognize that a lot of it is non-essential. Mm. That's amazing. You know, I feel like, and and you saying that this is the perfect time for people to add this bullet journal into their lifestyle because the whole COVID has slowed everyone down so much. So people are finding out what's important to me and what's not, but life's going to get busy again eventually. Yeah. So this is actually the perfect advice at the perfect timing for people to start doing so they can, because a lot of people also reflected what is important to me, what's not important to me. And we're clearer on it now during COVID because we had so much time to slow down. So I love, love this advice. Mm -hmm. And I love this, um, the bullet journal. Yeah. And I actually encourage people to ask themselves, we're always going through our lists of tasks to accomplish every day. And I know you were you were previously speaking to me before this recording about how you have so much on your plate and there's all these things you need to do as a mother and you know as as a business owner and as a podcaster there's so many things but something we also need to make time for is writing down those lists of tasks that we really 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 want to do uh, mm -hmm. on top of all those other things something I like to remind a lot of people is that we need to focus on our greatest asset, which is ourselves, because by bettering ourselves and making time for self-care, we'll be able to go back out in the world and make our, make our highest contribution. Right. And, yeah. and, and that's, what's going to make us feel more meaning and fulfillment. Yep. The oxygen mask theory, <laughs> right? Look after yes, yourself. Yes. Yeah. But it's also very spiritual and it really takes you within because it's getting, you know, sometimes we don't realize we don't even know who we are as individuals. And this right here will allow you to say, this is what I value. And this is what I love. And then you kind of realize, well, you don't kind of, you actually realize 
this is who I am. This is what brings me joy. This is what doesn't. This is too much. This isn't too much. Oh, I value going for walks in nature and grounding myself. It's amazing. It's it's really, really great advice. Yeah. And I want to ask you guys, as, as, as you, both of you have started to declutter things out of your life, and I want to know what are some of the benefits that you guys have already gained? Oh. Well, I have my own space now, so I've I've decluttered everybody else's crap out of my office, so I can tell you that I've gained creativity. If I'm feeling stuck in another part of the house with my laptop trying to come up with something, I just walk myself up to that room because I know that is the room that's under control and I'm surrounded by the essential stuff I need for work and some pretty things too. And so that's helped me. What about you, Rihanna? So I moved about a year ago and I'm in the process of renovating, so... I, I decluttered so much, but I still have so much more to go. So I, I can speak for some of it. Like I literally have a room with about 60 pairs of shoes, please. I know it, it's, it's, it's what embarrassing. Are you? <laughs> I'm not telling because I actually love them. I love most of them, but, okay. I, but yeah. like I mentioned at the beginning of the, um, of the episode, for me, like, especially when I was living in my old house and my ex and I were going through the separation and I was decluttering there before my move, okay. it was like that moment where I was started crying and it was really emotional for me because it's, wow, this is my new me. This is who I am. And that stuff didn't serve me. So it was almost like a death to a rebirth. Yes. Mm. Is that weird? Yes. No, yeah. awesome. <laughs> Am I weird? <laughs> no, no, you're not. You know what? It can also be in, I, I should also point out that in a transition, it can also feel very, very lonely as well. And I think that something, a minimalist lifestyle really, really encourages people to focus inward and figure out the things that are are true to them and be okay with embracing it. Cause I think that a lot of us, we wear these masks in life mm -hmm. and sometimes it's the relationships in our lives that maybe made us hold on to those masks even longer. And it's in some ways like an, in a transition like this, like you're removing the mask and you're like, okay, this is my reset. I'm starting fresh and it's going to be hard. And that's why I recommend, you know, it's a lot of self-discipline, but it's also great to have an accountability partner. So Rihanna and Alyssa, ah. it's nice that you guys have each other. That's mm. huge. Oh, I can start keeping you accountable for those shoes. Awesome. Yes. But, well, no, no one's talking about my shoes. But the thing is, I had my my two my two friends over, um, Dean and James. Hi, guys. And they were helping me go through it. And they went crazy. They're like, you have Carrie Bradshaw's shoe closet. I'm like, no, I don't. But I did end up giving some of it, some of it away. Um, but let me go back to this, um, Kelly. Could you, I also am taking this lifestyle and doing it in stages. Right. So I do, I've accumulated a lot in my life and I went through the big stage of removing, like we said, in that moment of like a spiritual awakening and uh, when I got rid of the first batch and then I got rid of another batch before I started renovations. And then now I'm going through it again. So can you, would this take time? Like, would you say sometimes it takes longer for people because we are evolving and changing? Yeah. So something that I think many of us forget about is that, you know, the Marie Kondo method is she goes into people's homes, she works with them, and they learn the method of decluttering their spaces. But, you know, it is a lifestyle. 
It's an ongoing process. It's a journey. It's, it, it never ends. It continues because obviously this is the way life works. Something's coming into the house, something goes out of the house. So it requires maintenance. In the beginning, obviously a lot more work has to be done in the beginning. And then you'll get to a point where you're just maintaining the lifestyle. Those who live in minimalist lifestyle are just living simply because they're living with intention. They're moving away from, they're rejecting Western culture's values that tell us, hey, if you buy things, you're going to be happy. And we all know that that's not true. And I think that even with this, I think the silver lining and all everything that we're going through in the world today is that we're recognizing that a sense of connection and contributing to the world is are, are those are the real values that we once lost. And it's something that we're all trying to get back to. Kelly, can we talk a little bit about the minimalist lifestyle and relationships yeah. to other people? So friendships, work, family, dating, like how can you implement this lifestyle with people, with, with humans? Yeah. You mean inspire others or motivate others? Or make space no, but like even make space because sometimes it could just be overwhelming. Like you have your boss calling you, I need this due. You have your mother and father calling you and saying, you know, it, you got it's Thanksgiving, it's time to come over. You have Bumble, like you know, three right. guys who want to ask you on dates. <laughs> like, how do we balance? <laughs> well, well, you me, do maybe. No, just joking. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. First of all, first of all, what's great about this lifestyle is it helps you make the space for the relationships in your life that are most important, but it also makes you realize the relationships that aren't serving you or maybe decluttering your your mental space. And my response to your question is train the dog. So train those people around you. So what does that mean? Be in charge of your time. And make sure that you're using your time wisely. So something that I used to be is a yes person. People are like, oh, do you want to go for a coffee with me? I was like, yeah. Hey, do you want to do this with me? Yes. And then I started realizing I'm spending so much time with this person, this person, this person, this person. And I was running away from time with myself to build the things that were meaningful to me. And I also realized that the intentions of certain people weren't what I wanted. And like, I, I just realized their intentions. I was like, okay, well that doesn't add value to my life and that's not the situation I want to be in. And so it's actually, there's also, also relationship decluttering. Uh, that's also a big part of it. And you also need to be mindful of the relationships in your life. Like think about the people in your life that you spend the, the most time with and ask yourself if they amplify your life. And sometimes, you know, I love my family but there, there are moments where, you know, if someone is, has more of a negative mindset, you need to realize, you need to realize, hey, you need to recognize that and say, okay, I'm going to speak with this person, but I'm going to limit it to this, this time a day or this amount of time in general. And you set that standard. But I think that if in the beginning you just get back to them and then, and then all of a sudden you're not responding them for, for a day or two and you need to have that communication first. You need to communicate to yeah. them. Like, 
my phone, I'm trying to disconnect something that I do all the time now, which has really, really helped is I've literally just wrote the line down. Hey, hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm disconnecting for the evening, but let's catch up tomorrow. Like people nice. understand I'm disconnecting from my technology right now. And you'd be surprised at how many people respect you more. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, you're setting expectations. And so nobody has to question whether it's something they said or what, or just be ticked off at you that you didn't reply. So I'm a big fan of that in my corporate communications work. I say set expectations, have your heart yeah. stop, don't be apologetic. So I suppose we just need to apply that to ourselves. Yes. And to be funny, uh, to respond to those Bumble messages, something I would like yeah. to say is... Uh, More know, like Raya now, Kelly. Raya. It's actually Raya. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's okay to wait 72 hours to respond in the beginning. It's okay to wait 24 hours as you keep talking to someone. Like it's okay to do that, especially if you communicate that you're busy. And at the end of the day, a, a busier person is a more interesting person because you have your own life and that is attractive. Uh, yeah. So. And you're not playing games either. So I really yeah. like that too. Yes. yes. You're playing games because you're communicating. You're communicating, hey, this is what I'm doing. Really excited to speak with you at this time. Or yes. that way I can be fully present when we when we connect kind of thing. Or even just pick up the phone and call, something that we don't do anymore. And we need to just yeah. have more oh, I know. The phone. It's it's much, but you can know. learn about someone so much better through the phone. It's true, Rihanna. You and my mother are the only people I talk to on the phone anymore. It's ridiculous. That's well, I know, change. but the driving time too is good. Yeah, I know. I yeah. want to talk, and even when you're dating, there's not many men who want to speak on the phone. It's all text, and there's so much room, even with friends, where you misinterpret a message that you send, or I'm sending someone a message. I'm busy and multitasking, and then I read what I wrote them. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, right. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know how to reply to this. <laughs> like after when they say something, yeah. because it's so off, right? Yeah, multitasking is the enemy of minimalism, isn't it? I, I know. I'm. I thrive on doing six thousand things at the same time, but then I do burn out. That's the problem. So I can do a million things, and then by the end of the week, I'm burnt and shot. So hmm. I have to find more balance. Yeah. The minimalists like to say. Uh, we can, we can do something to say, I think the line is like, we can do everything, but we can't do everything. Uh, yeah. So the thing is, we can't really do everything at once because we're not giving everything our full attention. Something that uh, Greg McEwen also says, the, the, the author of Essentialism is, is less, but better. We do, yeah. let's do less, but let's do better. Yes. By multitasking, we're actually spending our time and energy on a lot of things that are not urgent, or, or important. The and multitasking high. It's so true. You're right. Yeah. So it just occurred to it me. It is a high. <laughs> That's it is a high. It. You get this high, but ask yourself every time after that high, if you're doing something that is meaningful to you, or if everything you did was urgent or important. Uh, it, this brings a higher vibration to use your terminology, Rihanna, right now, because I feel like the magic is, I'm, I'm learning this more and more in my ripe old age, that the magic is in the spaces in between, right? Yeah. The blank spaces, the breathing room, all the things that, you know, we, we theoretically understand that, but once you start feeling it, it sounds like it's very addictive. And you're just so clear, clear on what serves you and what doesn't and clear on what you like and what you don't like. 
So that's why, and I feel like it's a very grounded lifestyle too. Yeah, Mm. you definitely feel a sense of peace, a calmer state of mind. You're also obviously less reactive to the things around you because you know you've set an intention for the day. You're also less sensitive. Uh, You know, you're more present. And, And the biggest thing I would say is that you get time back. And we only have so much time and something I'll I'll finish with is saying that, you know, the average person lives a thousand months. And when you say it that way, I think a lot of us, we turn our heads and we're like, whoa, whoa. you know, and, and that's 80 years old. So yeah. We're here for a good time, not a long time. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> and it has exactly. been a good time. Kelly Foss, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and wisdom with us. I feel more decluttered spiritually already. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Like that's, this is, this is why I'm here. Kelly, I know people are dying to find out more, (laughs) more about less, I guess, as it were. Uh, Where can they find you? I know you've got the podcast and and what else can you offer? Yes, absolutely. Uh, So you can find us on all the podcast apps at Millennial Minimalists. Uh, That's Millennial with two N's. And you can also find us on Instagram at Millennial Minimalists. And you can find me, my personal Instagram, at CW Kelly Foss. That's CW, just means connect with. And my co-host, Lauren, at Lauren A. Morley. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at feelfreeco. That's feelfreeco. You can also look for the Feel Free community on Facebook to find out more about upcoming events, podcast episodes, and workshops. And you can join our private group, the safe space to heal and share with our village. And check out our webpage if you still haven't got enough of us. That's feelfreecommunity.com. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. Thank you for listening. That was my guest appearance on the Feel Free podcast with co-hosts Rihanna Weaver and Alyssa Lansdale. And you can learn more about their growing Feel Free community by checking out the link in our show notes. And to close, if you are enjoying Millennial Minimalist and the content we are putting out, please kindly take a minute or two to write us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Lauren and I love reading your reviews and your words really keep us motivated and help our podcast grow. Thanks again for listening and speak soon. Bye-bye.